You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Broadcasting from Radio Row at Super Bowl 57, this is the Tim Donnelly Show, presented by Dreamlawns on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Joining us now in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair, Boomer Esiason. You can hear him on Boomer and Geo on WFAN up there in New York. CBS Sports, a whole bunch of coverage, including tonight for the, the Super Bowl commercials, which, which we'll have to get to. <laughs> we'll get to that, but it's great to see you, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Uh, well, we're going to start with a, a question that I never thought I'd ask anybody. Uh, I, I know before your, your second stint with Cincy, there were some retirement debates and those sorts of things. Did you ever think, to figure this out, I'm going to have to go into a dark room with no, no connection <laughs> to anybody for four days? No, nor did I ever think I was going to go on a Peruvian vacation and do some ayahuasca <laughs> and think that all of my dead relatives have their hands all over me. And I know we're talking about Aaron Rodgers here. I mean, you know, he's a, definitely a different cat. Uh, he's extremely bright, very well thought out. Uh, he doesn't do anything without a plan. Uh, I think sometimes he's trolling the rest of us at times. That's what, uh, yesterday I said, I was like, I'm completely open to this being a bit. And, and if he yells gotcha, I want it on the record that I, I didn't look fully buy it when, when he does. <laughs> it could be, but uh, all I know is this, that uh, it sounds like he wants out of Green Bay. sounds like he wants to go to the Raiders and reunite with Devontae Adams. The only thing that I would worry about if I were one of the teams that was trying to acquire him is I'd want to know the level of commitment. And I compare it to what Tom Brady did with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Say whatever you want about Tom Brady, he's the greatest to ever play. And the reason for that is because he immerses himself in every aspect of the organization that he's playing for. So when he decided to sign with Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He moved down there. He started throwing sessions with the wide receivers, got to know the entire organization, the owners, the the front office, all the people that, you know, make the team run that aren't wearing uniforms from the trainers to the to you name it, to the secretaries. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to give an acquiring team that kind of commitment. And all Tom Brady did in three years was take his team to a Super Bowl, win it in its home stadium, three years of playoffs, and that final year with all the personal mm-hmm. uh, turmoil in his life, he was so focused, he was still able to get them to the playoffs. So uh, I would say buyer beware if you want that same kind of commitment from Aaron Rodgers. Boomer Esiason, Boomer and Geo from WFAN joining us here on Radio Row. Uh, all that commitment from Tom Brady, he's going to have a lot of free time. He's, he mentioned he's not hitting the booth till 2024. As somebody that's gone from locked in to, to NFL football for a long time to suddenly having f- some free time, what do you yeah. think it's going to be like for Brady? You know, I think it's going to be great for him. He probably needs it given, like I said, all that personal turmoil in his life. And, you know, just who he's Tom Brady can't go anywhere. There's no privacy. Uh, you know, he's got this public spat with his ex-wife and everything else. I mean, it's just – amazing what he went through and to be able to be successful on the football field in his last game he attempts 66 passes against the Dallas Cowboys that's crazy <laughs> you know what I hope it's I saw it two weeks I, you know what I would love I and I know this is selfish of me but as a analyst and a former player that played the same position as Tom 
wouldn't you love to see him in a San Francisco uniform for just one year? <laughs> I mean, that would be awesome, but uh, it's probably not going to happen. And the one thing I do regret, you know, I went right off the field, right into the Monday night booth, mm. and there is a learning curve that nobody can ever teach you. Uh, I did work for the USFL or the World League of American Football, I should say, in 1991. So it kind of that was six years prior to me taking the job at uh, WAB at ABC. But for me. You know, it was just dive in and let's roll. Nowadays, it's a lot different, so I'm glad he's taking a year off. See, it seems like, right, the, the booth is one option, coaching another. Your your Maryland guy, Frank Reich, is is he the uh, the one in Carolina to turn that around? He has to be, and I think he really went in there and uh, he impressed David Tepper, their owner. I mean, he sat down, had a plan, and, you know, as, as they go through the process and they meet all these, you know, new guys who are not head coaches yet – a guy like David Tepper, I think, said to himself, you know, I need somebody experienced to come in here and run this thing. And I need an offensive mind because that's what Frank's background is. And I think they got a great defensive coordinator, the former coordinator from the, the Broncos. So they're building a really good staff there. They have a good young team. I know Steve Wilkes was very much liked in that locker room. But unfortunately, you know, offensively, they got to get something going there. And I think that's why David Tepper went with Frank Reich. It's a Tim Donnelly show here on Radio Row in Phoenix. Joining us in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair, Boomer Esiason. Uh, to, to look a little bit towards y- your Bengals, uh, is there a number too high for Joe Burrow? It seems like as soon as you draft a guy like Burrow, you're planning for when you're going to have to pay him. Is, is 50 50-plus the number for that for that. It guy? looks like that's what it's going to be to me, and, and just so everybody understands, the Bengals have always played their quarterbacks well. Kenny Anderson before me was paid really well during his time. Twice in my career as the Bengal quarterback, I was the highest paid player at the moment I signed my contract. Carson Palmer was paid well. Andy Dalton was paid well. And now comes this very, very special player who's worth the $50 million a year that he's going to get. And I think seven years, $350 million, somewhere around there, it's going to be very likely, which I think is amazing as to where we have come as players. Because in my day, a million two was the highest paid player when I signed. Then I signed a $3 million deal. Then I was the highest paid player. Then they got flipped. And now we're talking about $50 million. So I just I missed it by about 30 years, <laughs> but I'm glad to see that these players are finally getting what they deserve. What does that do in a locker room? You mentioned twice you were the highest paid player in the league when you signed the deal. We're seeing it with the Kyler Murrays, the Russell Wilsons, where the expectations change or, or the, the appearance at offseason workouts or whatever it is. What does it do as far as the responsibility when you get paid that kind of cash? You know, when you pay somebody, you better make sure that they're all in. Like I was just talking about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And Tom Brady and Peyton Manning set the standard for immersing yourself into a franchise. And obviously Peyton did that with the Denver Broncos. You know, Von Miller told me when they won Super Bowl 50 against the Carolina Panthers, Peyton was a shell of himself. He could barely throw. Um, and and Von said, you know, we just needed him in uniform and on the field, and we would take care of the rest of it. And, boy, did they make it uh, a rough day for Cam Newton that, that day. It's got to feel nice as the quarterback, right? You're it, saying all I need to do is dress? I'm good. I can well, do that. At, at that point in Peyton's career, yeah. yeah. I mean, but that was the kind of presence that he brought to the locker room, and that's the leadership that you want from the highest-paid player in the team, and that's why Joe Burrow fits that that bill and so does you know Justin Herbert fits that bill and Josh Allen fits that bill Patrick Mahomes fits that bill Trevor Lawrence ultimately will fit that bill down uh, in Jacksonville these other kids that don't understand how to be leaders uh, this is why I think there's buyer's remorse here in Arizona giving Kyler Murray this kind of money I also think there's an issue in Baltimore you know if I am uh, you know uh, 
Lamar Jackson, I am not signing a long-term, a, a one-year deal. I'm just not doing it because the way they ask me to play football, mm-hmm. I need some long-term protection financially. And that's why I'm thinking if I'm Baltimore, maybe I am exploring the trade route with Lamar. The place where I think Lamar would just kill it, and I think that they would love to have him because they really have no presence at quarterback right now. Uh, they're building a good defense. they got a good young running game would be the Atlanta Falcons. He would be unbelievable in Atlanta. He would be a star down there. And, you know, that, that would make Arthur Blank, I think, really, really happy. Have a chance to be what Michael Vick was supposed to be. Right. And then somehow, if you're Baltimore, you got to figure out what your next step is, where you want to go offensively, because your team is built right now for a quarterback like Lamar. And maybe they want to, you know, kind of a detour and, and see what happens here in the draft and i know your time is precious and i want to get you going but jalen hurts didn't come up in, in, in either of those lists uh is he in, in line with those guys to get the gigantic contracts especially with the the postseason run they've been on i think he's going to get a gigantic contract compared to the one that he has now mm-hmm. you know in philadelphia i remember when they drafted him you know like he was just an athlete they wanted to throw him out there you know and see what happens because they were coming out of that carson wentz haze and fog that they had there and you know and he just fought his way fought his way he struggled in initially and i remember going into this year and talking to the philadelphia radio station and saying look the kid's a great leader everybody loves him everybody likes him and respects him on the team he's a guy that's immersed into the organization now all he has to do is refine his game and it reminds me of the way Josh Allen was playing initially with the Buffalo Bills. His first two years, you know, you could see that he was getting better and better and better. But Buffalo Bill fans were like, ah, he's not good enough. He's not good <laughs> enough. And all of a sudden, in year three, his game was completely refined. And that's what happened to Jalen this year. It was year three. He finally got it. The team was really good around him. And, you know, when he was out, you saw just how much they missed him. And even though he hasn't had to play great the last two games in which he played, that team is so good and so whole with him as their starting quarterback that they are going to be really, really hard to beat uh, come Super Bowl 57. And now for the, the important stuff. We have Boomer Esiason here, Boomer and Geo on WFAN, CBS Sports as well. Uh, I referenced it at the beginning. You're co-hosting the Super Bowl, the greatest Super Bowl commercials tonight on, uh, on CBS. Uh, we'll keep it quick here. Do you have a personal favorite of all time? I do have a personal favorite, but I'm not allowed to bias people because you know it's all on an online vote during the show tonight okay. as to who will win. And uh, Danny Rua, my co-host, has her favorites. I have my favorites. She's 40. I'm 61. So you can imagine which decades that we're going to be pushing for. But I can only tell you, after doing this for 12 years, I'm still amazed at how popular this show is. It all For the last 12 years, it's been number one in its time slot. And I would imagine this year with some of the sneak peeks that we have behind the scenes, including Gronk's you know, halftime okay. field goal attempt, yep. whenever the hell that is. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of very interesting aspects of the show, not just the commercials, but other behind-the-scenes look-ins at some of the commercials people will be seeing this year. Boomer, we appreciate you for stopping by. Keep doing everything you're, you're doing in the charity space with, with uh, your son, cystic fibrosis and everything. We, we really appreciate that as well, and, uh, and good luck on the Super Bowl commercials today. <laughs> All right, sounds good, Tim. Thank you so much. Have a great day, guys. Once again, that's Boomer Esiason here on the Tim Donnelly Show. We'll be back with more after this. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Live from Radio Row inside the Phoenix Convention Center in the heart of Super Bowl country, it's the Tim Donnelly Show presented by Dreamlawns on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. That's right, Tim Donnelly Show live from Radio Row here in Phoenix. Joining us now in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chairs, 
the guys from Sumer Sports, Thomas Dimitrov, uh, the CEO, and Eric Eager, the VP of Research and Development. And uh, also, Thomas is longtime Falcons GM, member of the, the uh, Patriots front office as well prior to that. Uh, fellas, first of all, thank you guys for, for stepping in and joining us. Great to be here. Yeah, it's uh, fun. I'm looking forward to diving into the analytics side because uh, analytics is a dirty word to some people in this room, right? It's it's you got to go with the gut. You got to just decide on on you know are they a football guy? Uh, but but first, uh, Thomas, obviously your time in, in Atlanta crossed paths with Matt Ryan quite quite a bit. Uh, tough season in, in Indy for him. What what was kind of his struggle based on the time in Indy? You know, I think he probably went there to be like his his buddy, leaving leaving his team. He's very close with Matt Stafford, mm-hmm. and go there and kind of resurrect something and, and potentially take it deep. It was an unfortunate end to that, and it got really really funky there, as we all know, mm-hmm. right? Changing of coaches, being demoted, coming back, being demoted again. Like that's not that's not easy mm-hmm. to deal with, of course. I think I think Matt's situation at the tail end of his career. I still think it'll be interesting to see, and will be interested to see if someone picks him up. And I think there's still benefits to him playing for a football team. He's going to have to decide if he wants to go out that way or finish strong. Do you remember, I said this to to Eric the other day, out of 14 seasons, he had one and a half games missed. What I'm saying there is like he's been a very durable guy and he's taken some big hits over the years. Again, it was a tough season. You could see that it was starting to to tail off for him. I I have all the respect for him. Well, this kind of crosses over from from your time as a front office executive, but also with with the analytics. Is there a way to predict which guys are going to, you know, be awesome into their forty fives if you're Brady, or or into your forties, and which guys might be declining as as they you know hit their mid thirties? My own assessment: Are you talking about quarterbacks or anyone? In, in, uh, we'll in start with quarterbacks. Yeah, I think it's the guys that are in my mind just hyper focused about everything that is in their line. Right? It's not just I want to go out and throw some balls. It's everything. It's the all encompassing element of being the best pro you can be. I mean, what what Tom Brady did with his health and you know his performance mm-hmm. was unbelievable. Right? I think Matt, interestingly enough, had a side to that that I thought he was really dialed in. So he was a guy that I thought was going to carry it considerably into the fourth. But you still have to have the right team doing the right things. And I just feel like, and I have a great deal of respect for Chris Ballard, as you know, mm-hmm. but things were just kind of spinning around there. I feel like they were they were just off this year, and it was a tough year for Matt to go in there and try to resurrect. Well, I think that there are different seasons of your life where you can age better, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, age curves are really the answer analytically. Like, you just, you know, and, and we have the history <laughs> there. And, and But, like, but there are some guys that defy it. And yet we, we see with Brady, we see with Ryan, when the offensive line starts breaking down for them or when the situations, like, when you're only fa- when you're in Tampa Bay and you're facing third and eight every, every possession, then the age starts to show, <laughs> right? And so I think, like, and, and this is part of our, our, our thing at Sumer, it's like, you know, the, the NFL, these players don't play in a vacuum, right? So you really have to think about, okay, are we able to, if we bring in an old quarterback, or, or old, you know, if we bring in a quarterback who's p- sort of past his physical prime, are we able, are we going to be able to compensate for that by having an offensive line, by having a, you know, running game, by, by having a defense that can support him? And, you know, I think that in, in, in Indianapolis, many people, because Chris Ballard is so well-respected, thought that they had all those things in place for Matt, and, you know, the tackles were not as good as people thought, the wide receivers weren't as good. And frankly, the defense, you know, didn't hold up as much. And so Matt's having to throw 56 passes in some games. And it's just like, at that point, you know, what are we doing here? And, and same thing with Brady. Brady threw something like 1,450 passes or something the last two years. It's like, at, at what point is your arm going to fall off? 
We're talking with the Sumer Sports guys. That's Thomas Dimitrov and Eric Eager, the VP of Research and Development here on uh, the Tim Donnelly Show. They're sitting in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chairs. Now, you know, you asked me if I was talking quarterbacks or other positions. One guy that I don't think is getting enough credit, right? Like there's the, the LeBrons and Bradys of the world that everybody knows are, are playing well past how, how where most players are effective. Kelsey is 33 and had 14 catches the other day, and, he, and he's still lighting it up as far and away, really statistically, the best tight end. Is, is that someone that you can depend on to go another three, four years with this Chiefs dynasty? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer it first, but you just know that Eric has a real love for the Kansas City Chiefs, so I okay. know he's going to want to opine on it. And a tight end. I, I didn't know that. You, Thomas, you, have a, you actually have <laughs> the best perspective here, though, because you traded a second-round pick to the, to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs for Tony Gonzalez, and Gonzalez mm-hmm. played for you well into the later parts of his career and yeah. it's weird though because Kelsey is not that like you look at uh, you know Tony Gonzalez he's, a, he's yeah. built Kelsey's more of just kind of like a, a basketball playing <laughs> type of guy and he doesn't do he, he's very all of his stuff is getting open and, get, and being a wiggly guy I, I don't so far it hasn't you know gotten worse mm-hmm. as, as he's progressed but it's a different story than Tony G even though kind of the careers are similar. Well, it's a, it's a great point, and, and you're right. Completely different builds. When we got Tony in, of course, that was in 09, right? It was a really important part of match development, speaking of quarterbacks. And I remember, a little story aside, I remember calling uh, Tony's agent, and I said, do not screw me on this. If this kid <laughs> comes for one year and I'm giving away a deuce, I will not hear the end of it in Atlanta by anyone, my owner and the fan base. He ended up paying, playing five years for us, which yeah. was really important back to your size. Size, everything about him, big hold of hands. Guy would do everything. I don't see that in, in Kelsey, of course, but I am constantly amazed every year when he does what he does, given what he Well, and, and even this year, they needed him so much because they trade Ty- Tyree yeah. Kill. Mm-hmm. They go with you know lesser-known guys like MBS and Juju. And actually, what's really funny is, the Chiefs receivers got more efficient per route, like by, by a yard per target. And Travis Kelsey had like 200 more receiving yards than he did this previous season. He, he started, like if you looked at his statistics, they were declining like small every single year. And this year was a shoot up right in the year where the Chiefs needed him the most, which is, which is insane. And you wonder, you know, when does it stop for him? See, see that's you, – you, you stumbled upon something that I love the analytics for, which, which are – is a player actually getting worse or are they losing opportunity or yeah. even is a player a young player you know maybe not as not going to reach their potential or they've not been asked to reach their potential yeah for sure because like you know with, with all the two high shells the chiefs were facing mm-hmm. right so the chiefs in 2021 led the nfl in points per drive but they had the fewest drives in the league right and that's because teams were playing safeties 50 yards back and forcing them to cross the street a million times on the way to the end zone <laughs> and what happened was tyree kill he went from having an average depth of target of about 12 and a half yards to about 10 and a half 11 yards and so he was clogging kelsey's area and when you pay a wide receiver and this is why their team building strategy was so great when you pay a wide receiver 20 million a year like you can't he can't be the decoy right you want him you know that that defense wants you to run Tyreek Hill off take the safeties with him and dump the ball to Kelsey but because you're paying him so much you got to give him the targets so he's chopping his routes off but they don't have a deep threat to take the safeties away so then Kelsey's clogged up a little And, and so to your point like Kelsey looked like he was declining if you look at NGS stuff you know the the tracking data he was slowing down a little bit 
but it, but a lot of it was, to your point, opportunity and space, and, and, and they go and they, they look like they take a step back by taking MBS and Juju, but those guys had very defined roles in the offense and very much opened up the space for the tight end. We, we were also talking about that position yesterday with, a, with an, another uh, reporter here, and the comment was, is that one of the toughest positions to come into and, you know, from a collegiate rank and, and, and settle in? And there are many reasons why it is. I, I argued back and forth, and I realized it is a pretty complicated situation to be in. Ergo, I think it's important to think if you have a guy, even if he's slowing down yeah. like Kelsey, you can hang with that two or three more years than sitting there banking on a young guy coming in, and that's not easy. We, we see it in, in uh, Atlanta, you know, with, with what they did with um, – um, was it Algie Crumpler? Was well, yeah, Algie, sure. Yeah. Algie Crumpler. I almost probably, threw an Algie yeah. Crumpler yeah, reference that's a, out there. That's a good one. But even, <laughs> even on the flip side, Kyle Pitts comes in, yeah. one of the best mm. athletes that has been out as a tight end. And, you know, there's major growth there, not only as a receiver, which he can do very well, if he ever has to block, mm. it, it becomes complicated. So my, my point is hanging on to that, that age tight end sometimes can be beneficial as long as they're still healthy and they maintain their, you know, their approach. They get better body. as blockers as they age, which is like that's the hardest thing is because the blocking schemes are, you know, you, you come into the league and you have to learn the offensive line. You have to learn left tackle to right tackle, and then you have to be ambidextrous yourself and then you have to learn the passing game which is really tough and and in the nfl passing game is a lot more feel and a lot more like you look at kelsey and and how he and mahomes operate it's not he's not running to find routes on every play he's very much like feeling the defense out and that takes experience so it is a really tough position as somebody who is not good at it in college (laughs) thomas dimitrov and eric eager ceo and vp of research and development at sumer sports guys tell us what's going on with sumer so I'll, I'll lead in and then, again, toss it over to the, the, the intelligentsia, so to speak. I'm, I'm, I'm interestingly enough blessed to be around almost 30 data scientists and engineers with unbelievable intelligence. I come in as a domain expert, at least for the, the company, having sat, sat in the GMC. Mm-hmm. And I would say to you, I've said this time and again, it's not an exact science picking players and acquiring players and evaluating players. We all know that. You bring 32 general managers around here in their honesty they'd raise their hand and say i need some help mm. to get more uh, or to get better and more exact with my approach you'll never be perfect of course we know that our feeling is there is there is a, a, a criminal amount of data that is at the disposal of a lot of these general managers that is not even touched we feel I can come in as a former general manager and and appeal to to my contemporaries and say look it's, it's not a black box. This is about an augmentation tool for you, your you know, GM, whoever you are. You're very good at what you do. You're, you're a very good evaluator. But utilize this data that's out here that, that Sumer Sports will supply you in this cutting-edge algorithmic tool that is a roster optimization tool, and it'll help you make decisions in many, many ways. There are a lot of elements, and I'll throw it over to Eric here, but there's a lot of elements in what Sumer Sports can do, you know, really ultimately for all your quantifiable needs as an NFL team. And our focus is on NFL in time. We can see it going NCAA and beyond. Yeah, and we're just we're trying to take all the great expertise that have been built, both in the sort of traditional football route, like scouting and player eval and also analytics so things like you know we used to build at pff like wins mm-hmm. above replacement and, and grades and stuff and what we're trying to do is you know take the millions and millions and millions of possibilities and shrink them down to a space where thomas can go through and actually add his human touch to the end and say hey this is the optimal roster and we we really want to build algorithms and and build algorithms that eventually 
you know, you know, change the way that teams build teams. And then, of course, the league changes as a result of that. And then, of course, we build our algorithms. And, and you know, through things like the Sumer Sports Show with myself and Thomas and through things like articles on our website and everything, we just increase the, the level of conversation about football with both in buildings and outside of buildings. Fellas, we appreciate you for stopping by. Thank you, Thank Tim. You. Appreciate you. Again, that is Thomas Dimitrov, the longtime Falcons GM, and Eric Eager, VP of Research and Development, both from Sumer Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Sumer Sports or visit Sumer Sports. That's S-U-M-E-R Sports.com for the best analysts, uh, as you just heard. So we appreciate them Thank for you. stopping by. We're going to have more of the Tim Donnelly Show live from Radio Row coming up next right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Live from Radio Row inside the Phoenix Convention Center in the heart of Super Bowl country, it's the Tim Donnelly Show, presented by Dream Lawns on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. It is the Tim Donnelly Show, and we are live from Radio Row here in Phoenix. Uh, by the way, the big counting tick, tick, tick clock to our right, DraftKings, the booth, they, they put up the, the countdown to the Super Bowl. Four days, 54 minutes, and nine seconds until opening kick of the Super Bowl. It is, it is a ticking clock on the wall. It's literally uh, a giant to our right just letting us know how the impending Super Bowl is on the way. And I can only imagine what it would be like if we were sitting here and we were the Chiefs defensive line and we had the ticking clock. Granted, I have no idea why the Chiefs' defensive line would be sitting at Radio Row right under a ticking clock. I imagine they can uh, figure out when the Super Bowl is and they don't need the the tick, tick, tick going on right over their shoulder. But I say that because the reason why I say it would be interesting if if that particular group would have that is because everybody keeps talking about this Eagles offensive line. And, and I assume all of the, the, the shows and everything that are, that are being played nationwide are doing the same. But everybody keeps talking about the Chiefs having to go up against this dynamic, this impressive, this extremely talented Eagles offensive line. And I think Sam Monson, who we had on the show earlier, of Pro Football Focus, said it best, which was like, they're just good. I was like, what gives them the high grade? What, right? Because PFF is all about grades. What, what, what do they do that, that allows them to be? He was like, honestly, there's five guys that are really talented. We've had Sean Mer- Merriman on. He mentioned that it's the communication, right? He, as a defensive player, he's looking for any, any little clue he can find on, on how to beat an offensive line. And he, he notices how often they tap each other and point. And the communication is fantastic. Right, the stories are interesting. Jordan Mailata coming from uh, not playing football to suddenly being one of the best and biggest offensive tackles in the game. Jason Kelsey coming from Cincinnati and being a uh, mid-round pick, and all all of these sorts of things. That that team is impressive, but it's also like a celebrity, right? Jason Kelsey's like a celebrity. I was telling telling this story the other day uh, at opening night. He has his his availability. Big media conglomerate. All everyone there wants to talk to him. You you walk away. You look back. He has a cowboy hat on, and it's like I watched Jalen Hurts. He didn't end up with a cowboy hat on. I watched AJ Brown didn't end up. I watched Fletcher Cox didn't. End up, but he's like the celebrity, right? He's the Kelsey Lane Johnson, a celebrity. Jordan Mailata. They they have a Christmas album. This offensive line is. They've put out a Christmas album. 
talking again, talking with Sean Merriman yesterday about how you beat this offensive line, and I was looking for his insight, right? Like, oh, do, do, well, you got to put your right hand here, and you got to attack the upfield shoulder. No, he said someone up front for the Chiefs is going to have to make a tremendous individual play, right? I, I love when athletes and coaches make it that simple, right? You call a timeout, somebody make a play for me. I just, I just need somebody to give us a spark and and. Then he sent him back out onto the field. Like, go get it. That's basically what Sean Merriman said is the only way you can beat this this Eagles offensive line. Uh, obviously, injuries, and Sam Monson brought that up, injuries are a thing, right? If Lane Johnson does miss time or if Landon Dickerson uh, does miss time, both of them are dealing with some nagging injuries, then, okay, that opens up a, a lane for Kansas City to, to run through. But if not, they just need a tremendous individual effort, a tremendous individual play from somebody on their defensive line. If you are looking at that defensive line, looking for a tremendous individual game, you have to look to Chris Jones. You have to. Derek Johnson was on Canty and Carlin talking about Chris Jones, and he says he should be put in the same breath as someone uh, pretty, pretty darn impressive. You got to stop the run just so you can make sure that uh, Chris Jones eats. And I'll tell you what, man, Chris Jones is, <laughs> is probably one of the most dominant players in the NFL Whenever you mention Aaron, you got to for sure mention Chris Jones, man. You talk about somebody that can that can do it from the inside, rushing and the outside of the defensive line. It's one of those things where when you watch him play, it's just he's just all over the field. This is a three hundred pound plus man that that that's just dominating every offensive lineman that he gets in front of. He should be put in the same breath as Aaron. Yes, that's Aaron Donald. Chris Jones has the ability to make the tremendous individual play, and he might have to, right? If we walk out of this game and we don't have Chris Jones' memories, right, you don't have a big play he made saying his name all the time, right? If, if, if you walk out of this game in your Kansas City and you don't have a couple Chris Jones' memories, it's going to be a tall task to, to, to win that contest, right? He might have to. And this is where you, you look at the guys that you pay a lot of money and say, this is where we pay you a lot of money. Chris Jones might have to look across the line of scrimmage at a very good player on the other side of the ball, right, and just beat him. Just say, awesome, Jason Kelsey, you're great, you're strong, you're impressive. I'm going to be better, stronger, more impressive than you on this play, right? The best – Matter of fact, the best way to end an RPO game, and, and the, the run-pass options are awesome, and, and Philly eats in their offense with the run-pass options or the read-keep game or the, the you or me's, whatever you want to call them. The best way to stop those is to threaten the exchange. That's where the really bad mistakes come from from an offense, right? Because there is that moment. I don't care how long you've played with a running back uh, as a quarterback. I don't care how many reps you have with the the, the read-keep game. There is that moment where you both think you're going to keep it, and then you let go or you put it in their stomach. There's always that moment. And if a defender can get there for that moment, fumbles happen, uh, really awkward plays that ends in losses happen, uh, confusion so I'm looking at this game, and I just keep focusing more and more and more in on Chris Jones. Uh, and and it's, it's, I mean, not a surprise, right? He is the best defender on Kansas City. It's not exactly saying some role player is going to play a big role. But Philly knows it. Kansas City knows it. It's kind of like just walk to the middle of the ring and, and duke it out, right? Just 
take send your best forward right if you if you've ever seen uh uh the movie Troy right there's right at the beginning of the movie there's two giant armies that that walk out towards you know they're going to fight and it's uh, thousands and thousands of people and all the slingshots and the arrows and spears and shields and then the the two kings or whatever the two generals simply say hey why don't we just send my best one guy against your best one guy they fight whoever wins wins that way we can save all this bloodshed it's kind of like that i kind of just want the the eagles and the chiefs to walk out there when the eagles are on offense and say all right let's send our our top offensive line out there you send chris jones out there let's just let's just see who wins and that's who's going to win when when this side is on the field right when when the eagles have the ball that's just how it's going to be if you, if you can beat Chris Jones, you win the matchup. If you can't beat Chris Jones, they win the matchup. That could have been a one-big key. We, we, we might have, spoke, we, we, we might have been, been more intelligent to save the Chris Jones point for one big key tomorrow. Uh, one big key brought to you by Pitbull Tobacco and more and Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII. We'll do another one of those tomorrow. Let's give something away. In the meantime, we have some tickets, I believe. The Eagle... The Eagle, our sister station, welcomes Chris Stapleton and his All-American Roadshow Tour with special guests Margot Price and Alan Price. Uh, Caller number four is going to win. The the call-in number is the same as it always is, 757-687-9494. Chris Stapleton singing the national anthem at the big game. He's one of the biggest musical acts in the country, and he is coming to our area July 14th. Caller number four gets tickets, 757-687-9494. Nine four. That's also the text in line. We're going to take a break when we come back, read some of your texts, but also we have big game trivia to get to. We're one and one. Robbie's beat me once. I've gotten it right once. We'll see who wins this time coming up next. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All day you've been texting the Tim Donnelly Show at 757-687-9494. Now it's time to read those texts and ask, does that do anything for you? On Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. That's right. Does that do anything for you? Brought to you by Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII. But not only does Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII, sponsor does that do anything for you. They also present Big Game Trivia, which is brought to you by Pitbull Tobacco and More and Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII. Tim, I've won one. You've won one. Correct. Today is Wednesday. There's a two-parter. Two-parter. All right, you're making it more difficult. I see what you're doing. You have to get both to get the answer correct. But I think this should be a good one. I think if you were paying attention throughout the week, there were hints drawn (laughs) at different events that we were at. So if you were paying attention, I think uh, this should be no problem for you. Okay. The Lombardi Trophy, the the grandiose trophy in all of professional sports. Some say I don't know. There's some Stanley Cup fans out there right, that are probably right. disagreeing with you. In all of football, okay. In all of the sport of football, the real football, correct. Who manufactures the Lombardi Trophy, and how much does it weigh? As always, I'm going to stall here, not because I don't have an answer, but because I want the texters to get a chance. Seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. That's seven five seven. 687-9494 for the Dreamlawns text line. The question is, who manufactures the Lombardi Trophy, the Super Bowl Trophy, and how much does it weigh? Now, I have two very good uh, 
guesses that I, I'm fairly confident in that I would I would lock in. But again, I want to give you you all a chance. Um, we'll talk through it. It is a jewelry-ish maker. They also make cutlery, I believe. Um, and the weight. I don't even know if this is like more or less than you'd think. I think it's kind of right. It's not like thirty-something pounds like the the Stanley Cup, where it's hard to to you know throw it over your head. Um, all right, everybody have their guesses in. Cool. My guess is Tiffany for the first one. That is correct. And seven pounds for the second one. That is correct. I and you are right. I do believe they said that exact same thing at the opening night festivities. They did. So uh, it's a little bit of a cheat there, but I do. Uh, I do appreciate the fact that uh, that you you gave me a softball here on day two. Well, I, need or day that, three. I, needed, I needed you to have to, to have some, you know. So th- it's two a and lot one. Going on. It's, it's right, two, two and one. one. No matter what happens tomorrow, I'll have a chance to be above five hundred going into Friday. Uh, two and one on uh, big game trivia, and again, again, big game trivia is brought to you by Pitbull Tobacco and more, as well as Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII. I promise to get some some texts. So. Uh, so let's get to some text. Robbie, what do you got? Tim from the 757, uh, a lot of comments coming in about the Lee Steinberg conversation mm. and just that perspective from a sports agent. You know, it's and, different uh, than anything else. And, and it's not just a, a sports agent. It's $3 billion right. of contracts negotiated. Troy Aikman, Steve Young, Pat Mahomes. By the way, when we, when we hopped off air, uh, I'll pass this along. He, he was like, oh, you guys are from – Virginia Beach 757 I was like yeah he goes oh we should have talked about some of my clients I said oh who from the area did you represent he said Bruce Smith Plaxico Burris uh, Easley it was like oh yeah we could have we could have talked about that on air but I thought the conversation we had was actually super interesting Uh, you know when it comes to contracts those top of the market quarterback contracts they're going to be fascinating forever and it's crazy to think that he was around when the salary cap wasn't there (laughs) but then he was also there to kind of revolutionize how the salary cap is made it made for a great conversation yeah it is it is funny when you're like yeah so i got all my lawyers together to find loopholes and now they've closed them it's like yeah because you were using the loopholes of course they were you thought they were just going to leave them there as like the but uh, but uh but yeah i mean he a lot of the way the salary cap is maneuvered started with, with that meeting that he orchestrated we talked about the uh chris jones and what he has to do to make an impact on Sunday from the 757, I'm sending Landon Dickerson to neutralize Chris Jones. Philly O-line wins the Super Bowl, shake and bake. Here's here's the thing that's really interesting about Chris Jones, and it's at the peak of J.J. Watt's powers. He probably did it better than any, but Aaron Donald does it. Uh, Chris Jones does it. They can move almost anywhere on the defensive line. So a lot of times what they do is the defense will put – those players against whoever they perceive as the weak link. So if you're sending Landon Dickerson as if he is some kind of heat-seeking missile, he's the power that's going to – they're just not going to line him up over Landon Dickerson. They'll go line him up over over someone else. Um, I was discussing J.J. Watt with someone recently, and it was a player. I forget who it was. Uh, I talked to a lot of people recently. Um, but but he, he said that J.J. Watt, like the first couple of, of drives – would be like on the right tackle, then the right guard, then the the center, then the left tackle, then the left guard, almost for like three or four plays each. Then he'd come to the sideline and tell the coach like, left guard, that's my mark. That's who I'm going after. And then they would line him up on the left guard for the rest of the time. Uh, and, and that's exactly what you could do with Chris Jones. So if Landon Dickerson is beating him, okay, you're going to go line him up over Kelsey or line him up over Mylotta or line him up over Lane Johnson if he's hurt, whatever it is. So – yeah, you can't beat him with one. You got to beat him with all. 
Tim from Larry and Hampton. We we started off one of the, the first things after we spoke to Lombardi right here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Larry and Hampton said LeBron James may be the scoring king of all time, but Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Consistency played 80-plus 80, 80 games every year, no load management extending his, his career. That whole argument is always going to get brought up. Tim. I was going to say, why can't we let have LeBron have a day? Just a day, right? This, you don't see this in other forms of entertainment, right? You don't have uh, uh, Justin Bieber sell 10 million records and everybody doesn't immediately go, yeah, well, Michael Jackson <laughs> sold more with Thriller. It's like, no, I was I was just celebrating, right, LeBron. I was just telling that he's the all-time scoring leader. We're just going to celebrate that for a second, and then we'll come back and we can have bigger conversations, you know, in July, right? Uh, later, later, later. Everything can be done later. LeBron James broke the all-time scoring record. He has to be today's top shot. If you want to be a top shot, Check out Freedom Shooting Center, the premier shooting range and gun store in Hampton Roads. And that doesn't mean like, oh, Michael Jordan was more of a top shot. It just means today, LeBron James is today's top shot. Uh, So that's where we're going to leave this one. Uh, Talking basketball on Radio Row. Again, that's how great LeBron is. He got us talking. There's legends all over the place here, and we're talking about basketball. Uh, Thank you to Robbie for handling things here, booking all the guests. Thank you to Richie, who's back at the studio, pushing all the buttons to make sure you can hear us back home in the 757. And most importantly, thank you to Larry King Law. Not only does he present our internet connectivity here, uh, Larry King Law presents the internet connectivity, but also he's presenting the show. And we're tremendously thankful. If you're ever injured in an accident, give him a call. I-N-J, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. That's 757-I-N-J. U-R-E-D. That's going to do it for us here live from Radio Row. But we have our our conversation from earlier, some of our best interviews coming at you for the next hour. And we'll be back on Thursday at 3 live to bring you more live action from here in Phoenix at the Super Bowl. Until then, have a great night, everybody.